Hello everyone, I am back. It is a little bit after three o'clock, as promised. We're here with a continuation of the Bismoto Tech Tuesday. I'm now in the back of the facility here at Bismoto. Hey Ari, you're right here in front of me. You just joined, that's pretty exciting. And uh, hello Ty, good to see all of you guys. And you know, for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for continuing to view us on the channel. For those of you listening to us on iTunes or Anchor or radio, um, Please, we really appreciate everything you've done. Hello, Sam. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. It's after lunch, and we are back. Now I'm in the back of the facility, the place where I love to spend my time, the home away from home. Hello, Dr. Rivas. Good to see you. Hello, Sean. <laughs> Baron Fight. I know it's very funny. Thanks so much. Hello, Rick M. Rick M. Hello, Nga. Good to see you. Hello, Supra. So, guys, thank you so much. Those of you in California, thank you very much. Back East, thank you. Canada from overseas, hello. So, I had a few more questions to address that I didn't get to. Kirk, good to see you. Wow, all my buddies are here. I really appreciate that. Hello, moms. Good to see you. Garage Works 2002, you do awesome work. Jeremiah, thank you so much for everything. Hello, JV in Texas. Hope you're having a great evening out there. New York City in the house. Wow, so much love, I appreciate that. Hello, Mac. Dikal, I'm up to you as well. So, Ari, we had some questions we didn't get to. Yes. Kindly share so I can answer, and if there are any live ones, I'd be more than happy to get to those as well. Of course, this last question was from AJ Thompson. AJ! Thoughts on the new PTE Gen 2 6875 Turbo? Okay. Is it really worth it over a 7675 or 6870 like you have on the Odyssey? Yes. The Gen 2s have much improved aerodynamics. Now, the one on the Odyssey, I'm not sure because I've experimented, but their compressor wheels are absolutely fantastic. And what you see with that smaller compressor versus the turbine ratio is a lot faster spool and a lot more breathability up top. So you can eat your kick and have it. A faster spool, courtesy of PTE, and a lot more horsepower because you're not choking it on the top end, which is absolutely fantastic. Hey, Dayson, thanks for the cash money. Appreciate that. Hello, yes. Thank you so much. So it is a worthwhile improvement, especially over the 70, 70 uh, compressor wheel. Absolutely. Huge advantage. I'm very proud of those guys. They really go above and beyond to create more and more efficiencies when it comes to turbocharging technology. Of course, with affiliation with my friends from Turbonetics, which is pretty exciting as well. So, what else do we have, Ari? Okay, a question from Arm Bruster. Arm Bruster. How would one go about building a one-off turbo engine similar to what you create, but for an air-cooled Type 1 Volkswagen bug? So, that takes a lot of experimentation. Now, what we do, or the outside, looks very, very simple, but it involves a significant amount of experimentation and a lot of, how should I say, fair analysis. Failure analysis is like a creative way of saying we blow up stuff just to see what happens. So that being said, as you can imagine, to be able to do failure analysis can be quite an expensive excursion, but it's something that's worthwhile in being able to create very reliable products. So first thing, you may have to use, at a minimum, two different engines. One way you can actually build a custom exhaust manifold um, and, of course, size your turbo properly, whether you're going with a single or a double or compounding. Finding an engine management solution that can give you impeccable efficiency, especially from a sequential injection perspective. Batch is something that's very cake and doesn't do very well in terms of efficiency and also gas mileage and even just something as sim simple as throttle, partial throttle response. So once you have those set up, um, I like to use a lot of hall-based sensors for my pickups. So whether I'm using a crank pickup that's a 60 minus 2 wheel or a single or multiple pulse on the camshaft, I love using halls. They're very sensitive, very 
accurate, which is very nice, and you don't need a significant amount of, uh, uh, of uh, input to be able to get it to start working. You can just immediately see one tooth move by, you don't need to see multiple teeth activating it, per se. After that, you have to try and push the factory engine and see how far it can go before you have some failures and where the failures occur. If it's in the rod itself, the sleeve, the head, the valve train, it's quite a bit. And then after that, you can now backtrack, reinforce the shortcomings, and have a very reliable setup. That's what we typically do. If in doubt, if you're not able to or have a desire to do that, look to some people who have experience in that realm with that type of engine and seek their input on the right components to buy so you don't have to worry about that. Because what I just shared with you is a slight synapse of what we do here with engines that we have no experience with. We look at what the shortcomings are, we address them, we take those to the max, and we back out about 30% and we're there. And that's what we typically do. So I hope that answers your question properly. I can give you one little hint. Air-cooled engines love E85. If you can, size your injectors and pump properly, Use flex fuel if ideal. Explore the engine management solution that can allow you to use that, and you will have a great project, which is absolutely fantastic. So I hope that answers your question properly as well. Ari, what else do we have? We had actual uh, Piro question. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, he writes in saying, I have a 2018 Toyota Camry XSE V6 okay. Okay. with 3,300 miles. Okay. Would I be able to switch to the oil now, or do I wait until it has more miles on it. Well, you absolutely can. So when manufacturers, especially the ones we deal with, you go, you know, Hyundai, Honda, Toyota, all those engines from factory leave with a break-in style oil to allow the rings to seat properly, to allow improved compression as time progresses. It's not wise to go and start tracking the cars right from the dealership. It's good to be able to drive it normally and break it in properly. And the break-in period is typically from three to 5,000 miles. After that, you can fill in your oil of choice. And I'm a huge advocate of the high zinc oils. I love the Pure stuff. Look at it's like pallets back there. I love this stuff. It's done very well for me as an enthusiast. It's done very well for a lot of my customers as well. And it's something that allows us to have very high zinc protection, has a very strong shear stability. It's very, very good at chemical resilience and heat resilience as well, which means you can run exotic fuels and not worry about having any challenges with protection. And it's something that those guys, I mean, their technology is really, really advanced being that they come from aerospace. So they know their stuff. That being said, it is time for you to be able to do that. At 3,000 miles, sir, you have every ability to be able to take care of that. No problem whatsoever. Put in your 020 Pirol or your 530, and you'll see great efficiency and protection, and you won't have to worry about anything whatsoever. I love it. You'll have a great time. Yes, I was, Clint. I was on that show. Had a great time filming it. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you enjoyed it. It's fantastic. How much horsepower is in that Porsche? This one right here? It's really, really cool. This right here has a test engine right there. The team and I had an opportunity to put this together. Sam is here. He's one of the team members that did all the fabrication on this. Great guy, very talented. This particular Porsche makes 526 now. At low boost, it makes about 420. And with a press of a button, with a push the pass, it adds another 100 horsepower, which is pretty awesome. So thank you for asking. I do, Leonardo, like Subarus a lot. I love flat engines. Flat fours, flat sixes, flat eights, they're so balanced. Opposing engines are extremely balanced and do very, very well in terms of efficiency and also stability. That's why you don't really see them with any balancers. You don't see them with any uh, um, uh, dampeners because you don't experience those fifth, um, fifth wave harmonics that are very damaging to crankshaft components. 
It's very, very nice. I, I find those engines extremely appealing, and I love to use them whenever I can. And when you're building a chassis, it gives you the ability to have a lower center of gravity, which is fantastic. So dip and deep, the Holly EFI manifold, I looked into it immediately after you and I spoke. I went home, jumped online, and what I noticed is that there's a company that made an adapter that allows the Holly upper manifold to adapt to the J35. So Holly doesn't make that, and I knew I'd know about this because they typically will call us. We have a great relationship with Holly and that whole conglomerate with Hayes and Race Pack and MSD. It's a company that used the top part of a Holly commercially available manifold and made an adapter to the J series. Just looking at it for a few seconds, I already found ways to even improve on that. So it's something I may explore if the um, opportunity arises, if I have enough time. I have so much going on back here, so it may be a little bit difficult. Um, do I like the Civics? Yes, I do, um, especially the new ones. Honda's gonna do a very good job in improving significantly with the Earthries project. Nowadays, they have smaller displacement engines that make more horsepower and torque than the older larger displacement engines with improved gas mileage, which is pretty much in our kick and having it too. Um, I would love to do a Volvo comp, you know, supercharged and turbo, com which is more of a compound force induction. But you know what's interesting? Um, I love working with a lot of um, manufacturers, and Volvo really has given a commitment to have absolutely no pure ICEs by 2020. So in a couple of years, they won't have any internal combustion engine only cars. It'll either be hybrids and moving more towards uh, EVs. So I don't know if there'll be a huge advocate of working with us on something like that. Um, I do miss join my EF, and because I miss join my EF deep, um, I'm going to explore building another one or two. I love the old school EFs and the classic look of them. I'm not a huge advocate of the old dual point injection, so definitely, I will have to do something to modernize it and do more of a resto mod setup to that. Um, the R6 Type S, I think for its time, it was really advanced, which is really nice. But there have been many advances in engine and chassis technology since then. Frank, hello. How are you, Frank? Good to see you. I think I saw you this weekend, but you're super busy at your booth. Thank you so much for joining this afternoon. I love what you do. I really do. Um, I think it's an okay engine. The head has a lot to be desired, Kingston. Kingston's asking about the 2.5 turbo Volvo head and what I think about that. Um, yeah, this is, like I said, I mentioned earlier, um, yeah, the suspension has a lot to be, uh, <laughs> to be desired. Um, yeah, FK8, yes, absolutely. So the newer SIs I like, and even the newer Type Rs. The Type R setup, the new Type Rs, are really marvels in engineering. You drive this car hard on track, you wouldn't know that it was a front-wheel drive only. It's extremely well-designed. It just needs a little bit more power, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> well, turbo supercharger is what Lando asks. It depends on your goal. So if you want something that has absolutely zero lag period, supercharger is a way to go. But the challenge with a supercharger, it takes energy to turn it. So you're taking energy, moving the supercharger compressor with effort from the crankshaft, and that energy could be anywhere from 20, 80, sometimes 200 horsepower just to run that supercharger. But it makes the car feel like a large NA setup. While turbocharging takes a lot of the energy that we typically waste to atmosphere through sound, exhaust pulses, or even heat, and harnesses that to compress our intake. So turbos tend to be more efficient and a little laggy. You can get a little bit lag. If you size it very nicely, it's not as bad. But with different boost levels, with full electronic control, you can have a lot of fun. It's almost like eating your cake and have it too. Yeah, that's good. Well done.
He knows what he's talking about, HWC. Uh, the BATC, I do like that. Those are cool, but once again, it's, it's older technology, and even though the B series is the, what I refer to as a short block Chevy of the, of the Honda world, Honda's done a very good job in creating more and more improved setups moving forward. I do like Formula One, Leonardo. Absolutely. They are the epitome of motorsports, definitely. No, I haven't seen the Audi electric turbo, Stefan. I have not. My favorite Honda of all time? Ooh, that's a really good question. From factory, I would say, hopefully you allow me to use this as a Honda, but I would say the first generation Acro NSX. It was really ahead of its time. Think about that car for a moment. Mid-engine, full aluminum chassis. Absolutely gorgeous car. Even by today's standards, still looks current. A beautiful car. I, I really find that very appealing. Honda, Acura, they, they really did a great job with that. Uh, so Baxter, you're saying about uh, making the... He started that I lost on the event that we did with, with Netflix. I don't feel bad at all. And I'll tell you why, because we had, I've talked about this quite a bit, we had two individuals come here to inspect the van. The rules were given to us that for the fastest car episode, that the cars are supposed to be proper sleepers with street tires running on pump fuel. And I made sure, and I had the official come here and verify, that the fuel we ran in this was pump 85, and I ran street tires that had no less than 140 treadwear. So that being said, I obeyed the rules, but we got to the track and found out that other people had racing slicks and some had race gas. So that being said, um, I would rather lose being honest and being true to the rules than win cheating. So that being said, if we all had street tires, it would have been an interesting race. If we all had drag slicks, it would have been an even more interesting race. So, but nonetheless, I appreciate all your support out there. I had a great time. I had a really good time. Good time filming that. Great, met some great people. I've had support from many of you from all around the world. It means so much to me to see that, 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 that support. It means so much. But you know what? This van is still my favorite sleeper. It is absolutely fantastic. Super fast, awesome. It's right here looking at me. She's smiling. It's awesome. Have a nice day as well, Stefan. Thank you so much. And Baxter, I appreciate the support. Thank you so much. I appreciate that rain. I was, I was really excited too, but you should have seen my heart when I got to the end. Um, because we were far out in San Bernardino. For those of you who are familiar with the LA area, there is a San Bernardino airport that's pretty far away. It's in, in Daggett. It's called the Daggett Airport, and it was really hot and warm. So imagine how far we are from LA, from the LA basin. And I'm there ready to have fun, and everyone else is like on slicks. You know what's even crazy? I don't think anyone talks about this, but we're supposed to drive to the runway, drive the cars there. So I drove my van, I had AC on and everything, it was awesome. And then um, Eric from Always Evolving, great guy with his, his exotic, with a Ford GT, he drove his. The other two cars were towed, towed to the tarmac. They didn't even drive on their own power. So I don't know how much a sleeper that was, but you know what, it's reality TV. We had a good time. Good, good. Oh, nice, yeah, Kaipa is pretty nearby, pretty nearby. No worries. Hello, CrossFit, Anson, good to see you. Little world, send me your resume. You never know. Thank you, moms. I really appreciate the kind words. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is uh, my center seat Porsche with a mid-engine 
very balanced, the most amazing vehicle I've ever driven in my life. I just thought I was maybe living in some kind of la-la uh, land, or maybe I had some feelings of euphoria. And I had Sam, who did the fabrication on it, drive it. He's a seasoned driver. And he came out and said, BC, this car is amazing. So thank you so much. Lulu, my email is sales at bcmoto.com. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Ah, I must give it to you. Oh, I wish I had the resources. You're too kind. Yes, I'm familiar with Elantra Sport. We have a good relationship with uh, Hyundai. Thank you for asking, KDM. Hello, Club Sport. <laughs> so how are we doing, Ari? We're good, yeah? Okay. So guys, um, thank you. You have great taste, Leonardo. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lulu. So guys, I just want to come back, as promised, to answer the few questions I didn't get to. And I really appreciate all your support. If there are ways for us to improve upon what we do here, I just love to give back and share my information and my passion. I love to be able to be out there and support all of you as much as possible. I'm here not to charge you for information. I'm here to share my knowledge for free to you so you guys can all benefit. So we all can go faster and rise as a community. I just love cars. I do. Um, Bismoto.com, so B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O.com, R-S-X, is our site. And you can see a bunch of stuff there, like t-shirts like this. I, these hats were given to me at Apparel, so you have to probably hit them up or write to me. I'll connect you with them. Um, and we have a lot of stuff there. Thank you so much, Club. I appreciate that so much. You are too kind. I appreciate that as well, Jay. Thank you so much. And Diesel, I appreciate that as well. Diesel Dozier 420. I think 420 is the amount of horsepower you make, right? I think. Um, VW... ABF, I haven't had any experience with those engines firsthand, but I do plan on, don't be surprised, sometime soon in picking up a Golf R to play around with VAG style engines. Oh, Savage, no, no, um, yeah, I'm sorry you just got here, but I came in to answer a couple questions that I left last time, and I'm here to answer any more questions that people may have. And I was talking about my excursion with the Netflix show, and so on and so forth. Thank you, Sean. Go Niger, indeed. Thank you so much. I'm very proud of my heritage. Thank you very much. Hello, Omar. Yes. Yes, so RSX, yes, we are in Ontario. We are very local to you, as you can tell. However, we, um, in the back of the shop here, it's kind of hard to see, but we have a bunch of uh, equipment here from a studio. We did some filming, and we're kind of secluded from the public for the next three months. We have a lot going on here. I like Hamilton as well. I find him very, very talented driver. And here's a younger brother who's also very talented as well, which is pretty interesting. Thank you so much, Darren. Appreciate that. Appreciate that kind of words indeed. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. So guys, I'm going to go ahead and jet out and get back to work. So I want to come on, as I promised, and answer any questions you guys have. I appreciate your support. I would definitely love to hear from you guys on how we can make this better. I'll leave this up for 24 hours. I'll have it uploaded on YouTube within a week. And if you want to hear live time, or without having to look at any kind of filming, iTunes, Public Radio, or Radio Public, I should say, and Anchor all have it under BC Model Insight. So you can definitely have an opportunity, no pun intended to that insight over there, because the opportunity to hear what we've been talking about. Um, smoke Dew? No, I don't. So Smoke Dew, which is a great thing I can leave you guys with before I depart. Smoke Dew is asking, do I still make flavored gas? I mean, I don't think you even know about this. So years ago, when I was in school, um, fuel was, just like now, race fuel was very expensive. And as a starving student, I didn't have the capability of paying, at the time, $7 a gallon for race fuel. When regular fuel was like $2 per gallon, which that 
can see how long ago that was. Okay. <laughs> but I want to race. I had a high compression engine set up. I was racing quite a bit. So I decided as a chemical engineering student to make my own fuel. So I did something very simple. I used Chevron gas as a base. I added tetraethyl lead as an anti-knock agent. I added some toluene. Very simple, very simple. And a little bit of benzene as an anti-knock agent as well. Which, by the way, is kind of crazy because benzene is a known carcinogen. But I um, mixed it up, and my octane went up, and I was able to race on it. Now, my car has always been extremely fast, which is great. Um, but a lot of people started protesting me at the drag strip saying that I'm cheating because my fuel is being made by myself and I'm adding something to my fuel, but I was not. Guys, for those of you who know me closely, and for some of you who don't know me as close, you know I'm a very big stickler to rules. So that being said, I will not add, even though I could, any oxygenates or any olefins. I really made just a high-octane, leaded-based fuel with some anti-knock agents added to it to get it to maybe 112 octane, nothing too crazy. And people complained. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna really piss some people off. So I went and got, I made what are known as um, esters, where you take a low chain hydrocarbon and you add a very small concentration as acid to it, and you break down those chains and it changes the smell. And the human range of smell is very narrow, so it's very easy to make something smell like from strawberries to grape to chocolate. So what I'll do is I'll make these esters, I'll make this chocolate, no, I tried to make chocolate, I, didn't, I, I did a bad job, it stank. But I did a grape one, I did a strawberry, I think I did a banana, a fruity banana strawberry mix. And I'd add this to my fuel, and it's a hydrocarbon too, so it'll burn without problems. But what it did was, when I go to the racetrack, when I start my car, my exhaust smelled like fruit. And people like, oh my God, it pissed people off. They were so upset. So mad, because I'll rev it, and it'll just smell like grapes, and people are like, oh, he's cheating, oh my God. So I got a really kick out of it, but the bad thing is that um, Mike Ferreira from IDRC, that's one of the sanctioned bodies of race standing, Mike is a great guy, he's an engineer as well, he, um, he pulled me aside and said, BC, you can't do it anymore, because too many people are complaining, people want to boycott. We have to ban you making your own fuel. You have to buy commercially available fuel. So I stopped making my own fuel. And I want to start buying BP myself. I just saved that money and bought BP fuel. But that's what happened years ago. And you know what's weird? Yeah, Duplantis, I agree. They're little bees. And you know what's messed up? When I bought BP fuel, it was better than the fuel I made as a student, and I went faster. Imagine that. So even though my fuel was good, and I didn't have any knock, and I pissed people off smelling good, when I ran, I think it was C16. No, no. C14. Yeah, I went to C14. I got faster. My car got another tenth and a half. So, that's what they get. Anyway. You need to open your own gas station. <laughs> I know, my own gas. I wish I should open my own gas station. See, she's egging me on. Yeah, you see, that's a pretty good, pretty good story, right? So, it was very popular. So, in, in the, you know, it was, did it smell like corn too? Um, no. I mean, nowadays, it might eat if I smell like corn. But, back then, I just want to make people upset because they were complaining. Really complaining. It was bad. Like, people would just come up and oh, you cheater. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just trying to save a buck. Instead of spending $7 for fuel a gallon, it's costing me like barely $3 a gallon. It's like half the price and it was good. So, and my car wouldn't blow up. I'm not, I'm not burning valves or, or chopping off the top of my spark plugs or electrodes or detonating. I'm, my car's actually running good, which is pretty good. Yeah, it was like a vaping exhaust, absolutely. It was vaping exhaust before vaping was even a thing. It was pretty interesting. You do remember, so Rain, see, Rain remembers those days, see? 
You probably were there in Palmdale when people were protesting me. I got protests. I don't, Ari, see, Ari is fairly new. She just joined my team recently, but she didn't know me from the days when I was racing back in the day. But I was the most protested racer. And only because people didn't understand why my cars were so fast and they looked really simple. If you open my engine bay, you had dual carbs, a header, it was really simple. But I'm, I'm very grounded in science. I always took a scientific approach to, you know, building things for my cars and figuring things out. I didn't just slap parts together. And that gave me a competitive advantage, and I was very data-driven. Um, the only people that gave me really a hard time was when Dodge came in on board, and Dodge had a, um, what was that? They had a drag car. I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. He was a great guy, too. Um, a Neon. They had a Dodge Neon NA that gave me a hard time. But then I got faster than that Neon with my CRX. And some really interesting things happened at NHRA years ago. Um, where they prevented me from continuing to run because I was messing at the points. It was really crazy. But those engineers knew their stuff. The Dodge guys were on top of it. But the regular guys who were just slapping things together or trying to figure things out or copy, they weren't doing very well. It was pretty interesting. Thank you so much, Mitch. You're too kind. All the way from the UK. I appreciate that. Do they allow any more? I don't... Let me see. I can't quite see what Rajan said. Um... So AMS, I just answered a moment ago about the Boxster 526. I have, it makes about 400, but I have a button for push the pass that um, controls the boost control solenoid and brings up the boost by, I think, about, not that much, like maybe 5 PSI, and it gives me the 100 horsepower, which is pretty cool. Hello from Trinidad and Tobago. It is a stock bottom for now, because what I have in there is a test engine. My proper engine is in the engine room back there, and I think I have maybe two more test events, and I'll put my proper 3.4 in. Right now, it's a 2.7 in there, right now. That's what happened there. Great questions, AMS. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? That would have been too much. Brian says that I should have installed some color smoke. Um, that would have been difficult for me as a student, even now. What could I use? What could I use to create smoke in an exhaust that could be automotive-based? I could introduce antifreeze. So antifreeze in a hot gas environment like an exhaust system will smoke and then color that will be difficult. I'll have to add something. People may start thinking, oh what is he putting in the car? But I can easily do a whitish brownish smoke using antifreeze. Yeah, I'm just thinking um, uh, yeah, because if you put color in your fuel, it will burn and combust and it won't be color. Anyway, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, do I, yes, I do want camera. Think about going back to my roots. Oh, bye, Annie. Have a good day. I do think about going back to my roots. And I still have my D-series engine, the one I run 10.7 with. It's still in my house. I still have it. So I'm thinking about revamping. And I've learned so much since the early 2000s. I mean, from piston designs to coatings um, to rod lengths to intake ports to induction. Remember, I was carbureted then. And nowadays, we have technology to make stage injection more efficient and more powerful than carburetion, which is pretty nice. Oh, thank you, Smiggy. I appreciate that. Hello, Goose from Argentina. Um, I'd love to see that too, Mitch, but it's very challenging. I have my hands full. I am slammed for the whole year. Um, one camera, post it up. Okay, if I do it, I will post it up. I just have so many projects going on. Um, I would love to see them. Thank you so much. What car would I put in, like to put another D-Series? Probably another CRX. I found one pretty nearby. Ah, 
S2K, we're nearby, we're neighbors. Hello, Ken. Hola, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, Clarity, I will not only provide you more stories from racing, I have a lot of footage that I need to digitize. So I have all these street racing videos, which we now have passed the statute of limitations, so I can't get in trouble. Because that was from way back in the day. I have these small VHS, VHSC tapes. If any of you know someone who can convert those tapes to digital for me that's very local in the LA area, I'd like to visit that person and have them convert it for me. I have a lot. Thank you so much, Goose. I appreciate it. I hope you liked it. Yes, Rain, I do have this on my side. The Bismarck Turbos and Tuning shirt is on the side. And we have free shipping globally, anywhere in the world. Ariana, be more than happy to ship it out to you. So the motor, the new Type R, I see, who just asked me that? It was Gertzy, is the K20C. Um, a very, very advanced engine, very nice. Um, has a ton of potential. And thank God Honda actually put in so many opportunities for builders and tuners to improve on. From heat exchange, to fueling, to flashing, you name it. It's pretty good. You never know. Thank you so much, Mason. As soon as they get a budget for season two, they'll be calling us. Thank you, Rain. Appreciate that. Okay, guys and girls, I will bid you adieu. Time for us to get back to work. Ariana has so much to do. I have to get back to work as well. Thank you so much. I'm going to send a quick insight uh, or solicitation from you guys to let me know how we can improve on this. Um, I think AMS has one more question. AMS, I didn't see your answer or your question. Can you please, 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 please ask me before I leave? Everyone's saying, have a good day, have a good day, have a good day as well, guys. Have a good day. I'm waiting for AMS to ask me his questions again. Oh, HWC, I need to look for it. Yeah, that, I need to go through my packages. And if I find it, I will let you know. Thank you. Uh, anywhere advice claiming all exhaust files? Well, it depends. Um, exhaust, okay, do you sleep the other? Yes, I did. AMS, the other bottom end is 100% sleep. Um, no question whatsoever. I use my friends from Golden Eagle. Sleep, done, absolutely. And, but I stayed with the factory bore, 96 millimeter. I stayed with that bore. So I hope that answers your question properly. So Mr. Evil, if it's staying in the car, wanted is ideal. If it's coming out, there are so many ways. Wire wheel, sandblasting, sonic cleaning, there's so many different ways, depending on how bad the valves are. Well, Adam, um, I mentioned earlier in the previous session that I have not driven any Magnus cars. Magnus hasn't driven any of mine, but it's going to happen very soon. He's a great guy. Yes, I've worked with golf ball style head porting, and it does wonders. It does very well. Fuel doesn't like polished intake ports. It sticks to it. If you have any type of golf balling or interrupted effects, it keeps the fuel on suspension where it can travel in the combustion chamber where it can do work. So, hope that helps. All right, guys, thank you. I must fly. Have a great one, guys, and stay tuned. Take care. Cheers. 331, not bad.